Hi, and welcome to Women CEO in Reflection, a podcast dedicated to personal growth and mental health discussions with women CEOs across the globe. It's here where inspired women get candid about what drives them to succeed and the personal challenges they've encountered on their path to success. So if you're a woman on a mission, this is the podcast you don't want to miss. So sit back, relax, and let's get candid. Hi, and welcome to Women CEO and Reflection. I'm your host, Marisa Jones, and I'm joined by my co-host, Neil Haley. Today's guest is Allison Fine. She's the president of Every.org, which helps nonprofits raise money and build strong relationships with donors. Allison is a pioneer in the use of technology for good. She is the author of four books on the topic, most recently, The Smart Nonprofit, Staying Human-Centered in an Automated World with Beth Cantor. She was the founder and CEO of Innovation Network, a nonprofit helping organizations define and measure their success. Welcome to the show, Allison. Thanks for having me, Marisa. It's it's so great to have you here. So tell us a little bit about every org and how, how you wound up being the CEO of this company. Tell us a little bit about your journey. Sure, we actually call it every.org. And it's a fantastic nonprofit, just two years old, and uh, they're looking to go grow to the next level, right? They want to scale their organization. They want to mature the the technology and the and the the service offerings. And so they went to my friend Beth and said they were looking for a president, and she sent them my way. And I was so intrigued, Marisa, if I had, you know, if I had created the perfect position for me to go back into the C-suite after a long time of consulting and writing and speaking, this would be it. It's just a wonderful combination of people and tech and mission for me. So you've been in the nonprofit space before, or what was your experience prior to to, uh, uh, joining this company? So my whole career has been in the nonprofit sector. I have started organizations. I have run organizations. I have advised many, many organizations. I have sat on boards. Uh, There's nothing I haven't seen or done in the nonprofit sector for good or bad. (laughs) That's great. Um, I've had, I've had a lot of guests in the nonprofit industry and there's such a need. And so, and, and everyone is so unique. You know, I love hearing about it. So tell me a little bit about what makes every org unique and uh, every.org unique and why you why you chose them. So it's a it's an amazing platform. Most of the software platforms and software products helping organizations to raise money are for profit companies, right? They make their money charging you a fee to use their platform, charging for every transaction that's done, and maybe selling other services as well. Every.org is a nonprofit. We are funded by philanthropy and by optional tips. So it's entirely free for users to use our platform. We're reducing the cost for nonprofits to raise money by thousands of dollars, even for small nonprofits. And we're allowing them to accept any kind of financial currency, crypto, stocks, Venmo, PayPal, credit cards, bank. We accept the money, we turn it into dollars, we move the dollars and the donors directly to nonprofits. So it's fast, it's simple, it's friction-free, it's inexpensive uh, for nonprofits. And in the future, we wanna become the online hub 
for helping organizations to uh, build really strong relationships with donors and increase that retention rate, which is this key missing factor for so many nonprofits. Marisa, if a nonprofit raises 100 donors in year one, by the time they get to year two, only 24 of those donors are left. And so they're frantically trying to refill the bucket of donors every year. Wow. Why do you think they why do you think they drop off? Is that standard in the industry? So sadly it is standard, but the reason why it drops off is how do you feel about getting all of those mailings and emails from nonprofits? Oh. <laughs> Marketing, <laughs> right? Um, Neil knows all about that piece of it, right, Neil? <laughs> um nonprofits have been sold a con game, Marisa. And I don't say that lightly. It is true, though. And the con game is from consultants who say, spend a lot of money to acquire new donors because you got to fill up the bucket. But don't worry, because those donors will give to you in the next couple of years. And the fact is, those donors don't make it to year two. So they fill up the bucket again. And, And, you know, the people who are making money are the software platforms and the consultants who make money on volume. And at every.org, we're making money from donors who are giving to us, not by selling products and services. Very interesting. Um, So tell me, you mentioned after a break, you went back to Mm -hmm. every.org. So tell me a little bit about, you know, how long was your break and what, what, what did that transition look like? Uh, it was long enough to get three kids through school and, and almost through college. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. We issued our last tuition check. So <laughs> we're getting there. <laughs> um, look, you know, consulting and writing and speaking gave me an enormous amount of flexibility when I needed it most, right? I needed to be able to juggle all of these kid responsibilities while also having a really fulfilling work life. I loved it. But, you know, last kid is getting up and out. And I'm such a different person than I was the first time around of being CEO of a nonprofit. And I thought, I want to do this again, and I want to do it better. So this is my chance to do that. What do you think's changed for you in that role? You know, before the first time you you took that role and now? So I actually did a TED Talk on this, TEDx, uh, a few years ago, Marisa. And so when I first, when I started and ran Innovation Network, which is still an ongoing nonprofit, I ran it as I had been taught both in the world and in graduate school, which was as CEO, my job was always to be the smartest guy in the room, right? (laughs) My job was to know everything, to be in charge and to lead by ensuring that other people had to be pushed down in order for me to rise up. It was lonely, it was exhausting way uh, to work. And I burned out uh, in doing that. You know, after so many years of working in different environments and mainly uh, in the environment of online and online networks, social networks, right? That's my area of expertise is how do we build networks online for social change? When you're used to working in much flatter environments, uh, you can't be um, the smartest guy, right? It doesn't get you anywhere to be just trying to boss everybody around. 
you have to be spreading out power, spreading out information and ensuring that people are bought into what you're doing. And we're all in the same canoe rowing in the same direction. And it is much more fun to work this way. It's much more energizing. Uh, It's much more, I think, deeply human, right? We're made to connect and be social beings with one another. And that's what I brought to every.org is let's find ways to support one another internally, to be much flatter and to do the same thing externally with all of the people that we're working with. The answers are always in the network, Marisa. I don't have to have the answer. It's there. We know a whole bunch of smart people who want to help. I believe people are good, smart, and generous. And our job is to give them great things to do. That's so important because you're giving them autonomy too, which is really important to job satisfaction when you let them, you know, own that, um, you know, and and control that. Uh, I always, I always, as a leader, because I've, I've run multi-million dollar tech projects for most of my career. And uh, I've always said, and and you're working with cross-functional teams, right? People report to me from a project perspective, but not, you know, in day to day. And I've always said, you know, to, to my teams, um, you know, my job is to make sure you have all the resources you need to be successful. And then when you're successful, then I'm successful, right? And I can help with the decision-making and guiding them throughout the process, but it's kind of like life. And I only learned that after being a mom. You know, before that, I I had to control everything, you know? Once I became a mom, you know, you have to become a counselor, a therapist, a negotiator, and that comes in handy as a leader, right? And you probably learned a lot of that in your your, uh, break from before and after. Well, Well, that's just it, right? Command and control is not applicable to the world that we live in today, and certainly not applicable to trying to raise human beings, right? (laughs) It doesn't, it doesn't work. Um, And, you know, you, I'm sure, Marisa, I'm sure you see, and I'll, I'll make it, I'll gender it, you see men who are still operating in that mindset, and it is counter to all the good things that are happening now, right? And I'm I'm blessed to be in a position now where I have this amazing team of young tech idealistic people. And, you know, as you said, my job is to help everybody be the best they can. And then we will all rise together. Hurrah. What could be bad about that? Right? I love that. Right. Teamwork. Teamwork, teamwork. You can't say enough about that. Um, and, and you know, that comes from, especially in the tech world, because it's so stressful, right? And there's always tight deadlines and there's impossible solutions. And, you know, you're, you're really trying to, you know, and it's expensive. Tech, tech work is expensive. And so you have to really be efficient. Um, how do you make sure that you don't burn out and, and that your teams don't burn out? So I think we really are seeing a revolution in work, um, not because of the pandemic, but accelerated by the pandemic, in that we're all, certainly my team, we're all virtual, and there's a an honor system that goes on, right? We don't have sick time, we don't have vacation time. You take the time that you need as a human being, right? That's how you recharge. And the paternalistic system uh, Marisa, of we need to watch you work, we need to regulate when you're working and when you're not, is not applicable to who we are as human beings. And right. I think the pandemic gave us a chance to see that. And that's how we're going to try to avoid 
burnout, right? If you're not feeling well, don't work. Right? It's not complicated. Right. Right? <laughs> you're not going to work well. And I think back to the early years of my career, those dreadful days, Marisa, where you dragged yourself into work and just sat there, right? Right. <laughs> Put your head on the desk when nobody was looking because yeah, right. you're so burnt out or tired or not feeling well. <laughs> the fact is we're really only productive for a couple of hours a day. We can do other things during the day. You can chat with people, right? But your real brain power just works a couple of hours a day and trying to create an artificial environment to uh, make everybody work the same way for the same amount of time is the direct line to dissatisfaction and burnout. Yeah, it's it's important to make sure that, you know, I've always been flexible with my teams to make sure that, you know, I don't care if one week you work 30 hours, another week you work 60, get your work done. And I don't care if you go to go to the, you know, take your kid on a on an appointment during the day, or you got to walk the dog or, you know, life is flexible. And when you can create a balanced work life, you know, where you're working and you have a balanced life and you can do it all so seamlessly that, that creates, um, you know, such, you know, a mental balance that that's sustainable versus got to work, work, work. Then I got to play, 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 then work, 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 play, play. And, and you just get burnt out that way. So. But also, you know, when I was uh, a new mom uh, working full time in an office, there was so much hiding that happened then, right? You were pretending that you weren't on mom duty, uh, yes. when you were, right? And and that's just such a painful way to be in the world, right? right? Constantly tugged in seventeen different directions and pretending that you're not on your way to the school play, you know, right? <laughs> Right. That, and, it's interesting you said that because of all my guests, no one's ever brought that up. And that is so true. Like in the early days when my kids were young, that was a side conversation that you only had at lunchtime with other women colleagues. Yep. Like you didn't talk about it. It wasn't part of the discussion. Um, it was just, yeah, they're they're my kids, but yeah, we don't, we don't, you know, we didn't put pictures, you know, I didn't put pictures of my kids on my desk. Like it was a different time. You know, now in the later years, you know, you can have one picture on your desk, you know, but it's different. You know, now you see women and they have pictures of their whole family and just their whole cubicle is covered, you know, and same with men too. men do the same thing. But it wasn't it wasn't common because, like you said, you had to keep it a secret. That's right. And now I hope we're headed into an era where we can be whole people. Right. We can be people who have lives, children, families, who also, we have hobbies, we have interests, and we have flaws, right? We are fully human in that way. And that's what makes us interesting. That's what makes, you know, leadership challenging as well. But pretending that that's not all there is so deeply hurtful, I think, to people. And I'll take this era over any other before it. Absolutely. Well, because you celebrate people's uniqueness, right? You're celebrating the, and that includes the flaws, like no matter what they are, they're still, you know, inside we're, we're all the same. Right. And we all struggle. We all struggle with things day to day and we all have successes day to day. Right. And so just appreciating that in people and we don't, yeah, I think society, you know, sometimes doesn't do that enough, but if you, and especially in the workplace, you know, um, 
But when you can see, I saw a post the other day that was really cool. And it was somebody had written, um, you know, don't you just don't you just love it when, you know, uh, your your 62 year old colleague doesn't show up for work and you're like, oh, I miss him today. Like Mm -hmm. it just brought something more to my heart, you know, because um, that's the kind of environment we need to create for our, you know, in, in our work environments today. We generally care about the people around you. I think, I think that's right. When I have young women in particular who ask me things that they ought to work on for leadership and top of my list, Marisa, is always uh, being curious about other people, right? I want to know who they are. I want to know what excites them, what scares them. And I want to use the phrase, tell me more all day. (laughs) Tell me more. Tell me more about yourself. Tell me more about your problem. Tell me more about the project. I need to be constantly curious and open and interested in other people. Otherwise it doesn't work, right? Otherwise you're just running through them, not engaging with them. Absolutely. I I had advice from a prior employee a long time ago. I was from New York. I got assigned a team in California and I was just go, go, go. And I was literally pulled the signs that you can't just start barking orders. Like you have to really start asking about their weekend. And I was like, what are you talking about? (laughs) But but I, I learned, I learned that by, because I had to, because I was told like it was wrong, but now I do it because I genuinely care, you know, and you kind of grow into that, but that's what being a leader is, right? Learning and learning where you can grow and learning what works and building solid teams. Are you uh, a native New Yorker, Marisa? A native New Yorker, but I don't live there now. I live in Colorado. Okay. I'm in New York. And it is hard for us to learn to take a beat. Hang on, yes. right? Just like, <laughs> Let's go, everybody. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it is not it's easy. Very different working on both coasts, for sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's been great having you on the show. We are running out of time. Where can people find you, Allison? So I really want to strongly encourage anyone who wants to give to a cause, anybody who's working for a nonprofit, Come to every.org. You can find me there. I'm Allison at every.org uh, or on my website, allisonfine.com. Uh, but come and visit. Send me a note. I'm happy to talk to your uh, listeners, Marisa. Terrific. Thanks so much for being here. Thank you. My pleasure. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Women CEO in Reflection. To reach out to one of our guests, their contact is in the description of the show. Do you want a total mindset transformation? Apply to Mindset Warrior, The Art of Intentional Thinking, my personal coaching boot camp at IamAMindsetWarrior.com and schedule your call with me today. Thank you.